There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. You know what that means. Hey, hey, it's hey, the sweet hey, sounds hey, of rampant. And random people saying, hey, hey, in the background. Yo, it can only be one thing. <laughs> we got time. We got, we got until training camp to do it. It's your boy 3K, at 3K underscore. You're hearing the dulcet tones of one mice and Adiosaur back joining us. What's up, mice? Man, I'm back, back from the dead. <laughs> At Mighty or Mison, that's M-I-G-H-T-Y-O-R-M-I-S-O-N-E. We're going to get into uh, his resurrection, timely. <laughs> Joining us to talk about those things, the Rams and more, of course, Robbo. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Hey, we're also happy it's the offseason. Seattle Rams underscore NFL <laughs> to get at Rob on Twitter. And providing us on the streets. He's out there in the street, somewhere on Figueroa, DTLA. It's Joey O. What's up, Joey? What up, jerks? I feel like I, what what up, jerks? I feel like I need to give you that like gritty street report out there on Skid Row. Yeah, Homeless exactly. people and needles everywhere. Damn pirate. <laughs> as long as my man's not out there selling oranges on La Siena Gum, it's okay. There you go. Yeah, I'm on the uh, uh, the tough streets at Sherman Oaks. It's uh, uh, rough. I bought some Oaks. oranges off those streets, and they were pretty damn good. So let them those weren't oranges. Don't <laughs> lie. <laughs> it was oregano, I promise. Myson, you've been traveling the world recently. Where have you been? Man, I've been uh, I've been traveling the states, not the world. Let's not mislead the people, you know. Mice, that mice seemed like a very specific fact you wanted to establish were anybody <laughs> ever to question you. I just want to clarify for anybody that may be listening to recordings of this in the future, I, I did not you know, leave because, the country. <laughs> because people see me and they're like, Mike, you're always out of the country. You give me $5. I'm like, no, bitch, I'm broke. So, so people need to know I don't got it like that. <laughs> but, Any no, truth in the rumor? And you didn't leave the country because you didn't want to have to show your Twitter when you came back. <laughs> look, this is a, look, bad your business, okay? <laughs> but uh, I spent some time uh, in Charlotte. Uh, I was in Charlotte. Um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, sir. That was a uh, that was fun. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte is an underrated city. I had no clue what I was North Carolina is great. I need to yeah, move North to Carolina. Charlotte. Like I like Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte is very underrated. And then, what did you think I, about the barbecue? Okay, did you first, did you have the uh, the coleslaw and vinegar North Carolina first, barbecue? First off, let me go ahead and just tell you right now, it doesn't matter where I get barbecue from. We've had this discussion before. There's no barbecue better than St. Louis barbecue. It's like the barbecue mecca. So, <laughs> so no where I go. It's a, Joe, you know Texas has the worst barbecue ever. I need to get that day. Family Feud X audio loaded into our system. <laughs> so <I> can... <laughs> it's a fact. It's a my fact. Son, are you a, are you a Pappy's or a Sugar Fire guy? Sugar Fire all day, yes sir. Oh, that's my man right there. Sugar Fire, no question. 
I'm trying to tell. I'm trying to tell Joe, and then Joey. I got to get used to this. It's Joe and Joey. What the hell? <laughs> so, but we. Uh, I didn't have any work to do when I was in Charlotte. Had I had some, it still wouldn't have been done. Did me any justice. I can guarantee you that because there's no barbecue better than St. Louis Missouri barbecue in, in general. So moving but, on. Uh, Where else did you go, Mason? Charlotte was dope. Uh, we hit up L.A. Uh, for a little mm-hmm. bit. L.A. was uh, kind of like uh, a spare at a moment. Oh, let me go to L.A. <laughs> Literally exactly how, it, exactly how it played out. So I went to L.A. for about a week and then um, also went to uh, Chicago. So it was a busy seven okay. weeks for me. Yeah. Interesting. Seven weeks of just uh, enjoying myself. <laughs> that's, what, that's how we'll put it. We'll keep it PG for the kids. Well, good okay. for you. Good for you. Enjoyed it. We got we got a couple of uh, random things. We got tacos and movies here on the sheet. Myson, you brought up tacos. I'm not sure what what, we, what did we want to address with tacos. Did you have some tacos while you were in Los Angeles? I did have some bomb ass tacos in Los Angeles. Do tell. I was I was over by Sierra College, the uh, sure. Duco, and there's sure. a little hole in the wall uh, place Ooh. where they uh, just the some of the best Mexican food I've ever had in my life, and I got this taco that like. I, it, 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 it motivated me to improve my taco making skills. Okay. And I think right. I finally mastered this. I made some of the best tacos of my life last night, and I wanted to share it with you all so you all could know, like, how, how much pleasure I received in eating these juicy oh, this is, oh, this is getting chicken tacos. <laughs> they were so moist. I, like <laughs> I know. That's some of the best tacos I've ever made. And I think I'm gonna make them like for the rest of my life, like three times a week, until okay. I gain like 50 pounds. It's <laughs> a great plan. What was the Taco name? Of, but what was the name of this place? You gotta, you gotta name drop it. I have no clue. Oh, fail, <laughs> man. Uh, man! You know how? Oh, look, it's right down. It's right on the corner from Sierra College. If you go to, if you go to LA, go to Sierra College. It's a JUCO. If you go right there on the corner of that intersection, right there of that main street, you'll see it. Trust me. And it's uh, it's amazing. It was it, it touched my soul. Trust me. <laughs> Damn. If you, if you ever go, just go there. That uh, you 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 seem touched by that, Joey. You're a Los Angelino. What's your what's your taco take of the night? Uh, well, I'm a big fan of tacos. I love street tacos, and I actually just made some a couple nights ago. And we just do the tortilla okay. pan with the little uh, flour tortillas. Just get it grilled up, and then I just. I mean, I, this is, I don't know if, if I'm doing it the right way, Mike, but I use the, uh, just the regular, I just get like, a seasoning with the beef and, and then just fill it. So I want to know the secret brew. But um, my favorite place in LA is uh, Tito's Tacos, which is in Culver sure. City. That's a place kind of famous ish. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, w- I want to hear some taco secrets. So maybe we'll have to. Man, you got to step whole- outside the box. It can't just be the taco season. You got to mix it up. Just trash it. I'm sure just throw stuff in there. <laughs> I'm not giving you any of my secrets. I don't get my taco secrets. Hell no. So your tacos probably suck. <laughs> no, see, here's oh. the thing. Not only, no, 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 thing. no, no, Not only do I make incredible tacos, but here's how I know. Here, you have to respect the taco to know you cannot make an incredible taco if you're talking about making tacos. You have to be one of those people, like you said, it's got to be a hole in the ground. And here's the key. It's got to come from the animal parts that nobody wants to eat. If you're eating the parts that everybody wants to eat, it's not that good. That was like the most Texas shit you could have said. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, the, 
It, it, here's the thing, and I, I'm not trying to alienate people. When, when I start talking in Spanish, I could talk in Spanish. We could do this whole episode in Spanish. When you start talking about lengua, when you start talking about tripas, that's when I start getting, I start sweating from parts of my body that don't sweat. Like, ugh, what is, what's going on? I just, I start feeling it in new ways. That was, that, wait, those wait, were images I did not need. You're from Texas. Ugh. Every part of your body has yeah. to sweat. It, oh, just wait. Just wait till, just wait till <laughs> August in Dallas. I'm going to be, ah, how am I sweating under my eyelids? What is this? Do y'all even have tacos in Seattle? Y'all got to have some tacos. Y'all got like, come on. Y'all got like Asian fusion tacos. Come on. Come they on. Probably I actually don't even do those. Tacos. Uh, yeah. you know, we Sushi make, tacos. We make our own little beef taco here with the marinated uh, radishes. It's, it's good, I'm telling yeah. you. You can't go wrong with okay. a taco. You can't okay. screw that up. Get at us with your favorite tacos, folks. Hashtag Tertial Radio. We're about to get into some Rams football in a second. We do have movies on the list. Rob, Joey, I know this is one of those those issues. When I start bringing it up, you two guys want to go all Randy Gregory, Greg Hardy in the ring with each other. <laughs> I, I will say this. I finished I, Tanya last night. The performances were absolutely incredible. My God, Allison Janney's phenomenal. You finished what? I, Tanya. Great movie. Come on, Mike is back. So here's the thing. We were in this groove where it was me and Joey and Rob, and we could talk art house movies. We could talk, hey, Hereditary's out, man. I'm interested by the cinematography. It, now Mison's back. We got we to gotta make we it gotta, gen pop. We, we got to go back to realizing we got a big audience. We got to break this shit down. <laughs> I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad I was able to bring back some damn culture to this. <laughs> because... <laughs> You you uh uncultured sons of bitches don't know what the hell a good movie is. We were deep into the what, movie X's and O's. I'll tell you what movie best movie I've seen uh, in the last little while was uh, mm. at the Seattle International International Film Festival. It's a doc- documentary about Mister Rogers called Won't You Be My it's Neighbor. It's supposed to be phenomenal. It's supposed to be Shit incredible. Was really good. I mean, it's not yeah, so I've much about it. his life, but it's just about his mission and why he did the show and, and the issues he tackled and. Yeah. If you get a chance to see that movie, you bring yourself a little box of tissues. I'm telling you right now, but it is—it's just an awesome couple hours of feel good, no crap, other stuff bothering you. Just go see that movie and enjoy humans again. And if you want a good movie where you need a box of tissues, go get you yourself three boxes of tissues. Sit down in the dark and watch the Notebook. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bison's back, baby. <laughs> there you go. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't knock the notebook now. It's a tearjerker. It, it, it gets me every time. I didn't see that coming. Joey, what you got, what you got on Movie Watch? What's in Joey's corner, the director's chair? I uh, <laughs> recently watched uh, Game Night again because um, I knew people like haven't seen it. Okay. I do like it. I think it's great. And so I watched that again, and uh, and then I saw this movie American Animals. It's like a yeah, such a true story. It took place in Kentucky about these college kids that try to rob the school library of um whatever. So it's a heist movie, but I thought it was really good. They had like the real people that were actually happening in the movie. They they did interviews during the movie. I went in cold. I didn't know anything about it. It was good. That's all I got. Very interesting. Homework I don't have anything to add. Oh, go ahead. Homework homework assignment, Jim. Next. Next show, I want to hear two classics that we can we we all can delve into delve into a little bit. Two classic movies. I like it. Now pop out homework. Sure. Be ready. Good idea. I love it. That's it. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap it up. We got a little World Cup coming up. Does anybody else besides me watch soccer? No, it's just you. 
Uh, yeah, I'll be I, up I, early and watching every match I can. Okay. Good. Yeah, I, I'm okay. into it. I I really want um, I really want Argentina to win because I. It'd be I'm nice to see Messi win, right? Yeah, it'd be nice to see him get the get the cup. It's it's going to be interesting. Ne- to be- negative. Oh, negative. No. Luis Suarez right. Jaws is going to win the cup this year. We're going to have nice. him bite his way. Bite his it's way been a while since he beat anybody. I mean, it, it, he's got to break it out on the stage, right? He did last time. I hope so. It makes more fun stuff. How about good read uh, from Kim? Mc- Good. How about Sosa's Croatian squad? I think they could, you know, uh, they got a shot. Poor Sosa. Come on. Poor Sosa. Serbia? Oh, Sosa. His, his conflicted neighbors? Oh, Maybe Sosa. for him. I'll root for them for him, but the, the, the th- good read at uh, SB Nation from Kim McCauley, if you haven't seen it, on the World Cup's changing. This might be the last World Cup as we know it. The format's going to change. Soccer's changing. The kids are taking over, and we're all screwed. We've talked about the teams before. We don't need to rehash it. I'm going to see Hereditary this week. I'm already going to be scared. On to the Rams. Speaking of scary things, Rams roster looking good. Summer camp, mini camp started today. Uh, we got a bunch to talk about. Myson, where do you want to start on mini camp now that we got it going? You know what? I actually I can't believe this. Like you guys, you're going to be shocked to hear me say this, especially all the shit I was talking when we first signed them, but. I'm really excited about Robert Woods. <laughs> like I, I really am. Like I, one thing that uh, I think has uh, stood out to me is the all the news and everything about the Rams. You're hearing so much talk about the Rams this, the Rams that, Super Bowl contenders and favorites and all this other crap. But you don't really hear anything coming from Rams camp. It's not like any trash talk or anything. Right. It's like really low key. And one player who, like, personifies that, like, his whole career, he's never really heard him say anything, is Robert Woods. And I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to Robert Woods and seeing what he does. Like, I know that uh, a lot of talk has been made over Brandon Cooks because, you know, he just got on the team. So it's like, oh, no, look, look, Gary Goff just threw a completion to him. But uh, Robert, Wood, Robert Woods, as well as Cooper Cup. I think those guys are going to be wait, wait. Uh, who, who I'm looking forward to. They make the – I know, Rob. I know. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> I know, Rob. I know. <laughs> but I think those guys are going to be the most significant to the Rams making a huge jump this year. It's not going to be Ty Gurley. It's not going to be uh, Brandon Cook. I think it's actually going to be Robert Woods and, and uh, Cooper Cup. So I'm interested to see how this, this goes. I know that they have the entire offense installed, so I'm excited. I should go back to L.A. again, huh? Hey. You could do worse. Joey, who are you interested in on the offensive side? I'm going to have to go with Andrew Whitworth, mainly because I felt like everything worked out perfectly last year. And I think we're kind of lulled into this sort of sense of security. Like, well, the we, we've cracked the O-line, like didn't have any big injuries. Everything went great. And I really just want to see if these guys are right. It's not necessarily the talent level like we were worried about last year yeah but i just want to see i want to see and i'm also you know john sullivan um i just want to see i want to make sure these guys are are uh going to be able to to make it through the whole season and see what our depth on the on the o-line is like you know who's coming behind andrew whitworth is it you know is it cornelius lucas is it you know is it joseph noteboom like what what's what's that going to look like so I'm, i'm really looking at mainly our left tackle but um, everything around the uh, the O line situation. Yeah, that'll be fun to see in training camp. Go ahead, Rob. We know we talk about him. No, 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 no. My, you know, on the offensive side, uh, it's got to be Reggie Scott. I'm right there with uh, I'm right there with Joey. Offensive line, can they do it? Three years in a row, they were pretty healthy under Fisher's yep. last year, right? 
Yeah. They were exceptionally healthy last year. The only time they had a blip with someone going out, you know, Chris Long destroyed them and, uh, you know, they lost a big game. But for the most part, that team was healthy across the line. Yep. That's the key for me. If, the, if those guys are stout and do what they do, that offense is on point. I think the easy answer is to say Brandon Cooks. It's plug and play in this office. It's got to be the guys protecting. Got to be the guys protecting. I'm interested to see what happens with the tight ends. We talked about it a lot because of McVay's offenses in Washington. And they didn't get a lot of the, out of the position last year. Remember, Tamaric Hemingway got hurt uh, in the preseason. So we had to pick up Derek Carrier late as a third tight end. And he got plenty of time for a third tight end after Higby and Everett. I'm really excited about Gerald Everett. I love that kid with the ball in his hands. He's one of the most athletic uh, tight ends I've seen in a long time. So I'm excited to see what they do out of tight ends. Um, we'll have to see. On the defensive side, what, I, what I'm most interested in is just in the personnel turnover. We got so, as opposed to the offense where we got so many faces. What are you looking at on the defensive side, Myson? On defense, it's very simple for me. Linebacker, like, I, I'm very intrigued by this group yeah. because there's some, some pieces where, uh, you know, like Corey Littleton, who you saw flashes of last year. And sure. I know I mentioned it uh, about, uh, you know, like two months ago on a show, and I was talking about how Corey Littleton kind of, low-key really had a good season. He just didn't get as many opportunities. But when he was, it seemed like when you go back and you watch film on him, every time he's on the field, he's making some type of impact play, whether it's uh, getting a sack, a forced fumble, tackles for loss, interception. He's constantly making plays, blocking plays. You know, so he, he, Corey Littleton, I think, is, uh, is someone that's kind of really intriguing. And then Micah Kaiser, he was a guy that in the uh, the pre-draft process that I was really excited about that I thought had a lot of potential. So I'm interested to see how, <clears throat> excuse me, see how this uh, linebacker group performs. And, of course, the outside linebacker with Samson, Ebukam, and uh, Ovo, Ogwanaku. I can never say that right on the first try. I'm, I'm going to get it right one of these days. <laughs> you know, just uh, looking at the outside backers, looking at the uh, inside backer next to Mark Barron. I'm excited to see what they're going to do because I think that their jobs are going to be easy because of the secondary and because of what you have to sure. if you get Aaron Donald in there. More on that, Robo. Yeah, Robo, Joey, what y'all got on the defense, man? You want to go, Joey? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand what, what Mike is saying with the linebackers, and I, I agree, but the one guy that I'm just looking forward to watching is uh, Michael Brockers. And the reason why is because I really feel like he's not going to have a lot of heat on him in a sense that they're not going to be focusing on him. I think he has a real chance to have a great season this year because I just think lining up with Donald and Sue, I just, I just feel like that guy's such a beast and he's going to be underrated. I think he's going to be overlooked. And I think he's going to have a chance to just really kind of, you know, push some guys over and get to the quarterback. And I'm, I, I, I'm really interested to see how that defensive line lines up and looks like, and I think Brockers is going to be a, a big, big part of that. What type of season are you thinking that he could have? Double digits. I mean, he could, he could have the his the best season, you know, his best season, if that's if that's possible. Because I mean, I think he's pretty healthy, and you know, it it, it just it just it just seems like if if he can get. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think Rumble says. I mean, he, I mean that that would be awesome if he, get, he ends up getting double digit sacks. <laughs> well, he's he's not going to see a double team all year, right? I mean, in theory, you're going to have to we'll say, yeah. look at look at those two other guys. So Michael Brockers should see a lot of one on one matchups if if uh, if they're doubling Michael Brockers, 
uh, I fear for someone's life who's taking snaps, right? <laughs> right. Who you got, Rob? Uh, I'm going to go. I was going to lean Corey Littleton, but you took me there, Myerson. Uh I'm going to go. go. And I want to say, I mean, the player I want to watch the most is Marcus Peters. I love his swag. I love his attitude. Yeah. Uh, he is everything I wanted true to be. And I just, but you know what? I'm going to go as the most important guy or kind of the guy I'm really going to be watching is the other guy on the opposite end of Samson uh, Bukum. We kind of know he's there. Whoever he's that's going uh, is it Matty Longacre? Is it Justin Lawler? I mean, whoever it is, it's it's an important guy, right? So um, I can Matty Longacre play that position the entire season? Uh, is it going to be a rotating door over there? Uh, that's that's kind of the spot I'm looking because it, it's the spot that it's the greatest I've known for me. So let me ask you this, because right now it's kind of just up in the air. There's no telling who the hell is going to man that other position. Um, with it being up in the air like this, would you say that's probably like the camp battle that you're looking forward to? Because there's really not a lot of camp battles that's going to be out there. I mean, we have the tight end, and then you have uh, outside linebacker and the inside linebacker. But after that, it kind of uh, everyone's kind of locked in, which is a good thing, you know, because you have that familiarity from the year, year before with all so many faces returning. But is the, of the few battles going on, is the outside linebacker something you're looking forward to, Rob? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we we talked about this when you were uh, you know doing your your USA tour. Um, led them to the draft is that you know these these guys they're drafting are are, take, are bottom of the roster guys right now they're not coming in they don't need they don't need starters so they're they're looking for practice squad and bottom of the roster and special teamers guy but that spot right there is the one spot you can look at and go there's opportunity for someone to claim a spot you can't say that on the offense you really can't say that pretty much anywhere on the defense maybe Corey Littleton spot but I I think they're they're good there. But that other side spot, the other side of Samson, it's it's a wide open spot. So if you come out and you ball out and you show, and you uh, you work your ass off over these next eight weeks, you can earn yourself a job, a starting job. Joe, so who are you looking at on defense, Joe? Uh, so here's the thing: the number one thing I'm looking at is the the Rams under Jeff Fisher were a real vocal team. We were a scrappy team. We like to talk a lot of shit, right? And remember, oh, yeah. pretty much every time we had a joint practice, we were getting in fights. Remember the fight with the Cowboys when we were practicing oh, in L.A. last year in St. Louis? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm interested to see if this is one of the first years where we get our own intra-team fight. You got Akib Talib <laughs> and Marcus Peters and LaMarcus Jr. And Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue, man. You talk about one of the dirtiest, which it, when, here's the thing about dirty players. When dirty players aren't on your team, they're dirty. When they're on your team, they're scrappy. They're, they're figuring <laughs> out ways to get around those rules and make the most out of those moments, right? Now he's on our team. So this no, is no, all... we don't need that to happen because well, we all know what's going to happen. Someone on offense is getting their ass beat, and that's not a good thing for us because there's no one on the offense who no. can match those guys in defense, attitude-wise, no doubt. right? But sometimes, sometimes you don't get what you need, right? It, it, I, I don't disagree with you. We, that is not what we need, but that might be, damn well be what we get. And what will be yeah. interesting is, and this is the, why, the reason I bring it up, you got a lot of guys, Akeem, the guys I just talked about, Akeem Tlaib, Ndamukong Tsu, Marcus Peters. Now you talk about Brandon Cooks. Guys that have been there, right? Guys that have been through playoff battles, won playoff games. The Rams haven't done that. you you got a really young squad, guys with Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup. Robert Woods, a lot of these guys haven't been to the postseason and won games. That's, and that's the calculus for this season. I've said it before. It was gonna, this season was going to be about Jared Goff. Now it's just about expectations. 
the Rams could have the same exact season that they had last year. And whereas last year, everybody's like, oh, we made some playoffs. We were 11-5. What a success. If they do the same thing this year, it'll be a complete failure. Everybody will look at it as a complete failure. And I'm interested to see how those expectations manage the pressure for these guys going into camp. Not the deep battles. The deep battles that you guys were talking about at linebacker, they're starting jobs there, right? Those are guys that are trying to get a spot. And Dominican Sue's got his spot, right? Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters, those are your starting quarterbacks. That's not going to change. So when they get to training camp, the pressure that they're feeling is the pressure that's coming in November and December. They can see that in front of them. They know what that takes. And I'm just interested to see how that manifests itself in, in July and into August. So you know what? Let's, let's hope it's Mike Thomas who's getting his ass beat and not Robert Woods. Hey, hey, maybe. Hey, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. <laughs> that is my support. <laughs> Mike Thomas, that's hey, my support. Hey, hey, you forgot. Fall back. <laughs> It'll be Cooper Cup <laughs> before it's Mike Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, let me ask you this. So let's yep. say Sue gets out of control. You know, he Oof. just goes all crazy flying through the lines. And he gets in the backfield in practice. And he accidentally hits Jared Goff. Who's the right. first person on offense to run up? Oh. <sighs> Bob the, the the first person who will try to run up is Jared Goff. But Jared Goff won't get there first. The first person who will get there will be Brandon Cooks. And even though he weighs about half as much as Ndamukong and Sue, that might be a fair fight. That might be fair. Here's the, here's the reason why. Ndamukong and Sue, if they, if they scrapped, Ndamukong and Sue would try to treat it as a fight. Brandon Cooks ain't doing that. Brandon Cooks is grabbing. He's using equipment. Brandon Cooks is not fighting a fair fight. That's going to be one of those things where you're like, no, man, that breaks the code. That's an unwritten rule. You can't do that. You can't grab that. Well, oh, man, don't do that. Who, who you guys think is the first person to run up to defend Jared? I, I think it's uh, Ty Sullivan, or I think it's someone on the O-line. Uh, Higby? But, uh, or, or, or all yeah, five of them Higby. together. Yeah. Uh, you're all wrong. You're all wrong. Austin uh, Blythe? The, the most gangster person on offense is Ty Gurley. <laughs> yeah, he might. If you, yep. if you remember when that fight broke out with uh, Dallas, he ran up yeah. there and hurt me and all. <laughs> it was right and up there. So he just grabbed the first person he see and threw him to the ground. <laughs> And, then, and plus, Ty Gurley and Jerry Goff have become best buddies out of nowhere, which is a really odd relationship. But, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking Ty Gurley to be the first one to run up to the I think I think it's great that they get along. I think uh, they both seem like pretty chill guys that um, seem like they're working well together. I got a question about penalties. We talked about, you know, these guys running hot and getting, um, you know, with Sue and, you know, the dirty players and stuff. Do you feel like, remember a couple years ago when Greg Robinson was – getting a lot of penalties, mainly because they just weren't fundamentally sound. I wonder if this year we're going to get a lot of penalties just, mm. just for the temper aspect. So it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of penalty because it's not right. because they don't know where to be or they're lining up incorrectly. It's more just that their, um, their motions are, 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 aren't you know, being controlled. That, that could be an issue that we're talking about during the regular season is just us losing a lot of yards and penalties because these guys – you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys that are, you know, emotional. Almost like Greg Williams I, is coaching again. Yeah, yeah. I trust Wade. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's naive of me, but I trust him to get that worked out. I think there's yeah, enough leadership I, over I, there. I, I'm not too worried to about the penalty aspect of it. 
Because, I mean, if you look at these guys, um, well, except for Sue. Sue is actually one of the most penalized players in the league yep. over the last couple of years. However, it's not because of, like, uh, personal fouls, oddly enough. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, uh, it's more so just an aggressive thing with pre-snap, jumping on side, things like that. But then, of course, you mix in the personal fouls, but, and that's when it uh, kind of puts them over the edge. But and he's the only one. You know, keep the lead. He's not a heavily penalized guy. Even uh, Marcus Peters isn't. It's just that their penalties from the past have made ways because of the reasons, you know, from the chain sure. match into throwing the flag at the ref. <laughs> it made waves, but they didn't do those things often. I'm not really too worried get, about it. I, I personally get penalty the in the preseason. Out of proportion. What's that, right? Rob? You get Talib's penalty in the preseason because they play the Ravens and Crabtree's over there. Monday, Monday Night Football with the Raiders, it's all good. No Crabtree. We're good. It'll be straight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we hopefully we get to see some uh some chain snatching of some new victims. That'll that'll make my day. <laughs> this preseason is gonna so be fun. The, right. Here's the oh, question. Go ahead. So, yep. No, 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 here's the question. So who's gonna yep. be the Rams' best tight end in 2018? Who? I mean, I yeah. I'll go out. Joe, I love Gerald, so I'm I'll put it out there. Young Gerald's gonna rip. I, at some point, he is. I think the young question Gerald. is. Young Gerald. At, at, which, at, at what point do they do they ask him to do it? Because they don't have to. You got Todd Gurley, you got Brandon Cush, you got Cooper Cup, you got Robert Woods. It's not like they need to lean into him. So I wonder if they use him kind of like they did last year as one of those guys that once every two games gets one catch for 50 yards. And otherwise, you, you, you don't really have to press into him too much because he gives you that kind of X factor kind of compliment. I'm yeah. going to go team out. I'm going to Merrick Hemingway. I'm going to go to Unknown. He is – I mean, take a look. He's an athletic man. He's got I like a America. big frame, right? And he's a great unknown. I think uh, that's a guy who can earn himself some snaps with a solid camp. They want to use him. McVay talks him up every chance he gets. Uh, he does. I'm going to throw it out there. And his Twitter, his Twitter game is on fire. If you want the profit, you go to T-Mac, right? So I'm going to go to America anyway. And uh, just because I think he's a surprise, I think he's athletic. And he could be awful and, and gone, but I'm going to go that way. I try that. T-Mac. Who you got, Joey? You know what? I, I, really like, uh, I really like the idea of saying Hemingway, but I just have a feeling just from the way this team's set up, I really feel like they're just going to put Everett on the line a lot. And I don't think they're going to keep that guy on the sidelines because he's so, um, he has so much potential. And I think it's his job to lose. And he's such mm-hmm. a big target, and uh, he had definitely has um, he had some you know some work out some work cut out for him. I want to see him block better. I want to see him just have um, just to be alive on every play. I feel like sometimes he uh, you know it doesn't feel like the ball is going to him, and then maybe he just is, isn't um, isn't just completely locked in. So I think it's just a youth thing. I mean, I think he uh, hopefully just sees a sees a big bump in his second year. So I, I, I think, I mean, in my mind, I think Higby is, is going, is going to fall down and be the, 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 the three maybe. And, and, and you have Hemingway as the two and you go run a lot of sets and have Hemingway and Everett, which would be just, just big guys. And that would be, that would be my preference, but um, yeah, we'll see. 
I kind of wanted Joey to take like almost the hipster Rams angle and be like, you know, I'll throw a name out there. Henry Krieger Koble. Not a lot of guys are talking about him, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and picture him to get a thousand yards. I, I, I was ready for it, Joey, but I'm glad you were more rational. Well, one thing we haven't done is talk about the elephant in the room. Probably the biggest storyline in minicamp is that Aaron Donald's not there. Uh, uh, at, at, I've asked before, I asked it on the site, uh, at what point do we get worried about Aaron Donald. Let, let me just go around to you guys. Do you guys think at this point the Rams are going to re-sign Aaron Donald to a contract extension? Uh, yes or no? We'll, we'll do it. One word answer, and then we'll get into it. Robbo, yes or no? Yes. Myson? Yes. No. Joey? Yes. Ooh, and I'm a no. That's interesting. All right. Who, who wants to start? We got two yeses, two no's. Uh, who's the, ch- I agree who's the, who's the president of the Senate? How do we break this? <laughs> I agree I'll go. with you, damn it. I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. What's you up, know, bro? Part of this is just because I'm tired of this topic, so sign in <laughs> so we can move on. Because that's all I'm, you know, every Sean Bay presser is, is 75%. Where's Aaron Donald? We love yeah. Aaron. We love the process. We respect everything. And then two other questions. Um, I also think there's some truth to the, the thought behind, uh, you know what, he and Cleo Mack and maybe Clowney to an extent are waiting for someone to sign so they can come in behind it, have that framework, and then these guys are going to fall like dominoes, right? Are the Rams that stupid? And you can say yes. They're, they're going to play with this guy and, and string him along and not give this guy the best player at his position in the NFL and not reward him when you've got all these other cats behind. You've talked about it before. What does it tell your team if you don't sign the best player you got? If you don't give him the money, but you give him Tavon Austin and Alec Ogletree and these guys you're getting shipping out, if you can't find a way to pay the guy who everyone on your team, Marcus Peters, pay the man, make him faces. Everyone on that team, it's the elephant in the room. They all want to just say, what the hell are you doing? It's going to speak volumes to it. So they have, I think it's just, it's got to be one of those things where they're just waiting for one of these chips to fall. Boom, boom, boom. Let's get these guys done. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald's not the only guy missing minicamp right now, but it's what we're all concerned about. I have to think that they're going to pay this guy. Uh, would I be surprised if they screw it around and, and, and priority A part two and, and don't do it? No, I won't be surprised, but I'm going to stay. I'm going to go optimistic Rob and go, yes, they're going to pay him. Myson, you get, you get to get, how does this work in the court of law? I don't know how the, the defense rebuttal. Yeah, so you guys are absolutely just living a dream. There's no way in hell he's getting paid. Oh. <laughs> if you haven't figured out this, if you haven't figured no, this out sad. yet. Yeah, it, 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 it's just the Rams don't like to kick out money. I'm, I'm, actually, we discussed this. Tavon would disagree. Alec Ogletree would no, disagree. No, they would not, and I'm about to break it down to you. We're, we've discussed this before, and I know I've told Joe this uh, here on the air. Um, the Rams have a sort of a um, a bubble that they like to spend, and that bubble was about $50 million to 50, 50 to $55 million, somewhere in that range. Uh, that is the type of contract they like to throw to guys, whether you deserve it or not. So that means that if you have outplayed that $55 million, Janoris Jenkins, Jermaine Johnson, whatever, whoever it may be, they're still going to throw it at you. <laughs> if you don't take it, they'll just offer it to the next guy. Um, and th- if you look at the history of this regime uh, the, 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 with the, the Kevin Demoff, and uh, especially when Leslie also joined the, joined the ranks of the ropes, they began throwing these contracts out where, oh, you know, we're going to throw you $50 million over five years or four years or whatever it may be, 
and we're going to throw in a $30 million, you know, $30 million guaranteed, something around there. And, yeah, that might have been a good deal at the time that they gave it to James Laurinaitis. That's how far back this deal goes. The same type of deal James Laurinaitis got in every single deal they've given since then from uh, Rob Quinn, Tavon Austin, Alec Ogletree have all been the same perimeters. Uh, uh, um, Mark Barron, they've all been in that same range, same perimeters. Uh, whether you outplayed that, deserve it or whatever, that's what they're going to give you if they look at you as a key piece. Um, and they they lost players because of that, and they're going to continue to lose players. And now I'm not saying that I think that they offered uh, Aaron Donald that because I think it'd be hard for them to offer that without without smiling. <laughs> like you you you'd crack a smile like oh we're just kidding. But I do think that they're lowballing him. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, he's being selfish. He's being selfish. No, not really. You're talking about something. You're talking about a league where the cap has gone up every year. And he's a player. They ran the numbers on him, actually. They're talking about his impact and the impact plays that he makes. And the Rams are actually two games less of a winner per year that Aaron Donald is not on the field. So if you go back to his rookie year, you can take away two wins every year if Aaron Donald isn't on the field with them. So that, 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 that literally last year takes them from being in the playoffs to being right there with the Seahawks. And the Seahawks will possibly be in the playoffs instead of the Rams. That's the difference that, that Aaron Donald's impact makes. So to not want to pay him makes zero sense to me. However, I don't think they're going to pay him because they would have done it by now. Uh, we've seen them in the past get deals done when guys are willing to accept those deals where, you know, Tavon Austin accepted that deal quick because it's like, hell yeah, because – he wasn't going to get better than that anywhere else. So it's an obvious deal to accept. Aaron Donald's not going to take this deal. <laughs> and, and and whatever deal it is that they have on the table for him, he's not going to take it. Otherwise, it's already been done. Um, I do think that they are planning to franchise tag him after the season, and I don't think he's going to go for it. So I personally think that the Rams are playing with fire and that we could, re- we could very well see the, one of the biggest blunders in NFL history because they have shown uh, 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 just this insane <laughs> this trend to screw up contracts with their best players, I just I don't think that they're gonna I don't think they're gonna work this out well. I think they're gonna try to franchise tag them, and it's gonna blow up in their face. Well, now it all five minutes. Oh, go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah. Goff, Gurley, Cooks, Donald, Peters. All five of those guys are gonna want more than that fifty million dollar bubble. They're going to have to break that bubble and change their ways if that's what they're doing, if they want to stay competitive. And everything's pointing to 2020 at the new stadium. You can't tell me that they're not going to break that $50 million bubble on some of these guys. And if oh, it's but be, I can't. Right? They you have can't to. tell me they are because they have not breaking that bubble. So, why would the, why, why, so until they do, we can only go by what we've seen. Well, I'm just saying, saying there's no way. There's, everything is going towards that stadium. They're not going to open. They don't want to open that stadium with with a four win team. They, I, I just can't. It makes zero business sense when you're at the EJD and you're playing <laughs> the Coliseum, whatever, and you're you know you're trying to get the hell out of Dodge. I, I can see it. I, they can't purposely go on knowing that they're going to screw this thing up that bad. I, I can't believe that they are that. Oh, it's not perfect. I can't believe they, it. Just, they think they're doing the right thing. They no, no, think no. This I, is a good business move, but it's not. I think <laughs> I th- if you look at the history, their history was do everything to get the hell out of St. Louis. I'm sorry, St. Louis. I love you guys, and i got lots of friends there. But we all know it. It's not a secret. Let's tank. Let's get out. And then I, they can't keep, continue with that same mindset, which is why I think they have to finally pay their best player. 
Joey? What do you think, Joe? Joey? You're over there. I think that he's going to sign because I think he I think he wants some guaranteed money. And I think that another year not having that big contract in front of him, he's going to be looking at contracts like J.J. Watt contract where he got, what was it, like 133, six-year mm-hmm. extension, and then he keeps getting hurt. And, yeah, on the Texan side, they're thinking, like, well, maybe that wasn't the greatest idea to have, you know, now right. we got this injury risk, can this guy stay healthy? But if you look at on the player side – you know, Aaron Donald's like 26. He's like, okay, well, I'm only going to get longer in the tooth every year. I think he needs some some security. And yeah, I understand if if the Rams are lowballing him, but there's also I think he's going to get a little just kind of itchy to sign that contract, get something big. I think it seems what what I'm reading is that CAA his his agents are um, are the ones that are that that are they're asking for. Just, more years than what the Rams want to pay. And it seems like that the, that the Rams are kind of balking at um, how many, how many guaranteed years that they're going to have. And that's the brutal part of the sport is, is uh, you know, teams don't want, want to guarantee the money that they they want to be able to like, if if something bad happens, they want to cut bait. And uh, you know, I think Aaron Donald needs to take care of himself and he needs to, you know, set up his future and yeah, he's making a lot of money right now, but he's making so much more. And I think Way more. that just the idea of going another season, not having that guaranteed contract, uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. I think at some point he's going to have to uh, sign. I think it's this year. Yeah, I'll make three points about it. Number one is to piggyback off of Joey, the amount of money that he's missing, right? He may, I think there's a fair starting point, at least to make the math easy there's a good chance that Aaron Donald averages $25 million a year on his deal. He made less than $2 million last year, which means last year alone, he missed out on $23 million. That's a lot of dollars. He's making less than $7 million this year, which means he's missing out on more than $18 million. So combined, he missed out on more than $41 million by not having a deal done the last two years. He's, he's, and, and, and again, thinking about what we're talking about, this is a guy who looked at Robert Quinn, who got a deal between his third and fourth year and Tavon Austin, who got a deal between his third and fourth year. And as Myson pointed out for way less money, Tavon Austin wasn't getting no 25 million a year, but he's literally losing money to the market. Now he's losing money to the market now, and there's nothing he can do to change that. Then the second point I'd make is that you've got to start talking about the collective bargaining agreement because it expires after the 2020 season. And so it, Donald's under contract this year for his fifth-year option, 2018. If they franchise tag him twice, that'd be 19 and 20. We don't know what it's going to look like, you know, for veteran free agents and what changes are coming to how contracts look after that season and what it means for guys like Donald that are trying to cash in at the peak of their careers. That'd be number two. The, The number three point that I would point out is that, that Donald has to look at, uh, the environment that he's in. And, and I know a lot of people say, you know, you play for a winner. The Rams are offering you this, X, blah, 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 blah. Janoris Jenkins went to the New York Giants, cashed in, went to the playoffs, went to the Pro Bowl. Truman Johnson's going to a Jets team that's not very good. But as the 2016 Rams can just point to, that you can turn things around real quickly. There's, there's nothing about not taking the most money that you can get to dissuade guys from doing that. And I've got to think that Aaron Donald – 
his, his representative, Todd Francis, CAA, has some sense of what he can get on the market. And if the Rams aren't willing to do that, whether it's like Joey said, whether it's multiple years and guaranteed amount of money, there's no reason for him not to go seek that on the market. I would make one kind of ancillary point. This one gets a little, I don't know. We were talking about the movies earlier. I don't want to go hereditary versus the notebook, but I would point out that one of the things we were talking about this week uh, with the kind of sports politics nexus, sports is culture, all culture is political. One of the things that I find interesting is that Aaron Donald is a laborer uh, and he's looking at being compensated based on the quality of his labor. And management, uh, to this point, has not been willing to do so. I find it really strange that there are other laborers out there on Twitter and Facebook and such, as Rob will tell you, that don't support him making every damn dollar that he can get. I'm always amazed at the people that side with management, at guys who are out there that have normal-ass jobs, that work as a barista, that drive a truck, that don't have jobs, that some, for some reason will side with Kevin Demoff and Stan Kroenke as if those are like-minded souls. I'm shocked by it. I'm shocked by the idea that laborers don't support laborers, but that is something relevant to 2018 in the modern era. I don't know if that's a discussion we need to really have in depth on tertiary. That's a little deep. That's a little deep. Myson, guys, what do we need to get out of there and uh, take it somewhere a little more lighthearted? <laughs> a little more lighthearted? <laughs> yeah, McVay's girlfriend following Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, oh, oh Jimmy okay, Garoppolo, okay, boy! You guys, I'm about to, I'm about to blow the scene up from what I'm oh, about no. to say, but I don't, I don't really give a damn. I don't know but if I like it. I, I think McVay's girlfriend is overrated. Whoa! Ooh, yeah. Rude. rude. Yeah, I do. I don't give a damn. I said, based on what? <laughs> oh, based on the fact that something weird. Oh, like her, so eyes, nice. her eyes remind me of something from Jurassic Park, like a fucking raptor or something. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> brutal. Uh, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna go out on the limb right now and guess that 90 percent of the listeners right now couldn't tell you what color her eyes are. But hey, hey, Sean, no offense. Do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do your thing. No offense. I'm sure she's. Sweet. I support I McBay. I hope. Relationship goals. I think it looks good. I, I am interested to see, though, w- once we get out of minicamp and we get this break, right? Uh, minicamp's going to get cut short a day early if people didn't see. A lot of teams are starting to do this around the league. They're cutting short minicamp. Rams cut off Thursday. The, the minicamp length is actually stipulated in the CBA. I posted the details, I think, in the open thread for minicamp today about uh, what you can do, how long it's supposed to be, the fact that it has to be Tuesday through Thursday. Um, they're cutting short Thursday, so it'll just be a two-day minicamp. Then we break for the summer, and we'll be done until late July when we get back for training camp. And I'm interested to see kind of how the narrative builds. I mean, we know the expectations are going to be the number one thing, that uh, the Super Bowl or bus tag is not going away. That was when, when you bring on the players with the name recognition of guys like Ndamukong Sue and Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and Brandon Cooks, you're not going to be able to shed that. This is just how this season narrative wise is going to be uh, sh- shaping up and uh, interested to see how that develops over the break. Uh, the other thing I'm interested to see is just how guys spend their time. Um, what are you guys looking for uh, in the build up to training camp? Oh yeah. The build up to training camp is Aaron Donald going to sign. I don't think he's going to sign, but that's mm. going to be, the, that's going to be the primary. It'll be there. Coming out of Rams camp yeah. all 
over the next six weeks until camp starts and throughout camp, because I still don't think he'll be signed when camp does again. But it's gonna be the story until he shows up. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe after it, that story's not going away anytime soon. I'm kind of with Rob anymore. though. I'm, I'm down for him to just sign just to make it go away. That'd be nice. No, yeah, I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm always gonna side with the players on this. Do your thing. Hold out. Screw everybody that that has a problem with it. Get your money, man. Secure the bag. What you got, Joey? Uh, well, you know, I, I just want to see, uh, I just want to see Jared Goff throw, uh, throw some deep balls to Brandon Cooks. I mean, <laughs> I just, ahead, I man. like the fact that that you know, th- there's a that they took some photos together and they just feel like they got they got the same Chemistry. agents, right? Like they're they're, they're tight. It seems like they have a good, uh, just you know, quarterback wide receiver relationship, and I want to watch that. I'm, I just I want to see Jared Goff get better this season, and uh, like you know when I go to those training camp um, practices at, at at UCI, I mean he's the guy I'm watching. I want to see, you know, how accurate he is, and is is, is he seeing the field better? Is he is is he is he checking down, or is he just going to his first guy? I just really want to see him develop, and that's that's the most important thing to me right now. I will say you dropped the ball right there, Joey. That was your chance to bring up Henry Krieger, Koble. I teed it up for you 20 <laughs> minutes ago. You dropped it again, man. Henry Krieger, like Koble, Instagram Bill story. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice, man. I don't know what's going to happen if I say his name three times. So I'm just keeping Krieger, it away. Krieger, Koble, Krieger, Koble, Krieger, Koble. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Fish was like, coach again. <laughs> Good stuff. We do, have, we do have a weird X Factor topic before we get out of here. How do we want to handle this, Myson? What do you think? This is there's a there's a name that everybody knows here that has a lot to do with the future of Los Angeles sports. It yeah. has not really anything to do with the NFL. You know, for me, I'm just gonna just go ahead and dive right into it. If LeBron James comes to LA, which let me go ahead and say I have been saying since like January, I think if he leaves Cleveland, he ends up as a Laker. It's about the only place that makes any sort of sense for him, um, and probably the only team that would be willing to let him disturb them, but. If he ends up in L.A., what does that do to the Rams? Because as we all know, LeBron James is the biggest star athlete on the face of the earth. <laughs> and his popularity is unmatched by anyone. Yes, that includes Todd Gurley. <laughs> uh, LeBron James comes to L.A. What does it do to the Rams in a season where there's all the L.A. hype is circling around the Rams? LeBron James comes, and don't forget that they would only have about six weeks to enjoy their spotlight before the NBA season would start, and then mm. here comes James. What happens? Go Joey, Rob. you're our L.A. sports radio guy. What do you think? What do you think would LeBron James in L.A. do through the ripples of the sports media lake? Well, first off, I think L.A. as a sports town is better off when the Lakers are good. Yeah. And – there's only going to be a certain amount of time when the Rams and the Lakers are playing together. And that's the beginning of the NBA season. No one really cares about that. It's really all about LeBron when he's in the playoffs and he's going to the sure. finals for his ninth consecutive season. I think that anytime there's, you know, a guy like LeBron James in a city, especially a city like LA, I think that's great. I think if the Dodgers are good, the Lakers are good, the Kings are good, the Rams are good. I think you've got, I mean, it's just, it's more to talk about. And, and I think, uh, I think it's going to be great. I don't think LeBron James is going to go to the Lakers because I just don't see guys that he's going to really want to play with. I mean, if Brandon Ingram had a better season this year, 
I mean, he's he has potential, and I've watched him play, but he just seems like that guy that just is undercooked. He just feels really raw to me. And I don't like Lonzo Ball. I don't like his dad. I just think that that I, oh, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want any part of that. I would be Why like, I'll like take the Clippers. No, screw, screw all that. We're getting off the subject. We're gonna go to Lavar Ball. Why the hell don't you like his dad? Okay, I don't like his dad because I feel like he's trying to run a business. As, as a father, and that's fine on his part, but I don't think it's good for the Lakers franchise, and I don't think it's good just trying to enjoy the sport because he's, he's, he's running this racket. He's trying to get his reality show and sell his other sons, and he's doing the thing. And, yeah, he's funny. He's a sideshow. I in, in, enjoy him in one respect, but if I was LeBron James, I wouldn't want any part of that because after every game you're going to have – LeVar Ball, who's going to go on ESPN, he's going to talk to everybody, he's going to be tweeting, he's going to be ripping LeBron for, you know, talking about his family, he's going to get personal. You just don't need that. It's just that that is, I don't think, helps the team at all. There's that word again. There's that need word. Need keeps popping up. So <laughs> <laughs> let me get this straight. You think that uh, his dad's a distraction? I... Yeah, I mean, I think that's his, his, his number one thing. I mean, I think Lonzo Ball, at the end of the day, is he, he has this this um, there's just just this this presence that's weighing on his back, and I think it's his dad. You know, I I, I just don't like the body language of the kid, and and I, and I and I, I'm now of the assumption that it's something to do with his dad's made him hate the game. <laughs> wow, that. That, you know, you know what this is. This is one of those things where if you're when you uh, have someone going like ESPN, and everybody's watching, and they say something like "hate the game," then all of a sudden it makes all the headlines, and everybody's like, "Oh, Lonzo hates the game." <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. that's the case. <laughs> I think cool. That's, I think cool. That's, I think that's a bit of a reach and a bit harsh. I don't think he hates the game. I don't think his dad is too much of a burden. Um, I, I don't think that Lavar Ball had that much of an impact on what the Lakers' season was going to be. You know, I think that uh, the media more than anything blows that out of proportion. I actually personally like LaRoe Ball, and yes, he does run a business, but he also is a father first, which I think he does show everyone that his son comes before the business, comes before anything, comes before basketball. You know, he's a, he's a father. And I've watched, the show, I've watched the show, and I think he's a great father. If you watch the show, I think that uh, anyone that does watch it will see that he's a great father. He, it, it, he does a lot of things um, to make noise strictly for the brand. Which works. The more wait, 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 you one, talk about one second, it, the more money you put in the pocket. Being a great father and acting like a complete media whore jack asset are not mutually exclusive. I don't know. I saw the guy today oh, no, no, talking no, no, about. No, 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 no. Didn't he come out today and say, say Kevin Durant isn't it good enough to be on the big baller brand? Uh, you might check yourself, Lavar. I didn't say they were the same thing. And the big ball of brain, uh, I did hear him say that, but it made perfect sense to me when he said it. See, I think it's all about context and how you look at it. Um, He's not good enough, or KD isn't going to sign with me, so I might as well slander him and and do that. If if we're going to quote him, let's quote him correct. And I think that's part of the issue with the whole of our ball thing is that he's never quoted in its entirety. Everyone takes a snippet of what he said. He's asked about if he would sign Kevin Durant to the big baller brand, and he said, no, he's not good enough because he's not one of the brothers. He said, this is for my sons only, meaning this brand is for them. He built this brand for them. You know, that, that was the entire quote of what he said. So I don't think that's... Then why don't you say, 
you're not one of my kids, so you can't be part of the brand. No, you're not good he, enough. If he you went do, on to say that. No, no. Why don't you just cut out the part about being not good enough? The reason why is simple. It's it's because what Mike said. It's it's because he's good at trolling. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and that's, that's exactly. and, and that's and that's what you're supposed to do. Have you ever seen? He is the, a cal- uh, he is no no no. I have you ever seen? Calculated and he knows exactly what he's saying and everything yeah. he says builds his brand. I don't fault him have for that. Have you ever seen the Twitter jabs from Wendy's when they're taking stabs at McDonald's about how they don't use fresh meat and stuff like that? How is it any different? It's not. They suck too. I don't get past people. It's the same thing. Every every. Brand I don't know. Like. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, but Wendy's is a point guard for the Lakers. Not, the difference yeah. is he's not established the way that they are. He's still building, and so it's like, oh, it's so taboo. How could you do that? But the reason that it works is because you have to step outside that box. You have to be taboo. People aren't going to like it, and that's the reason you have a success because you're doing. He's, you're going against the grain. He skipped. Bail. I have no problem with it. He says crazy shit and drinks pub for You gotta step outside the box, gentlemen. Get out your shell, gentlemen. (laughs) Skip, skip. Get out your shell, gentlemen. I I I am interested. Here's what happens, and this just proved it, is that it's it's one of those internet laws. What was the internet law about? How every message board thread ultimately results to talking about Hitler and the Nazis. Any any discussion of LeBron James, you know what I'm talking about. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? That that I internet. Yeah, what you talking about? <laughs> uh, hold on, let me lock. You, oh, you know what I'm man. talking about, Joey? What's the name of it? I do. Godwin's law. Godwin's law. The longer a discussion grows on the internet, it eventually approaches the idea of talking about Hitler and the Nazis. It's called Godwin's law. Everybody can look it up. Let's call so this Lavar Ball uh, is Hitler and the Nazis. Lavar's law. This is Lavar's law. The, as soon as you talk about Le, LeBron to the Lakers, you end up talking about Lavar Ball. Now, th- this is the, the the dichotomy. Number one, you don't want to do that. Le, LeBron doesn't want to do that. But number two, that's exactly what Lavar wants, right? Is exactly. to make it about Lavar, <laughs> and, and it's not that it makes him a bad dad. Mason's right. By all accounts, he seems like a good father, and he, you know, runs a good family, and he's been able to be successful. But at its core, you're rewarding his trolling, and it's one of those things where we can all be complicit yep. in his fans. And what do we have to do with it? Yeah, better than Michael Jordan. You know, we ain't got nothing to do with it, so it doesn't hurt us. But it does affect these kind of decisions and, and the kind of decision that LeBron has to make. Does he want to participate in this? Does he want to participate in the ecosystem where that's what gets rewarded? It, it, he knew what he was getting into in Cleveland when he was going to be the guy to literally pull the entire team on his back. That's likely not going to happen with the Lakers over time when they build a team, but he will always, 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 always have to deal with LeVar Ball a, a, as a second coming uh, that 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 revolves around him as big as his orbit is as LeBron James. You just changed and my for mind. For the record, for you the just record, changed my the, mind. The trolling, the trolling is something LeBron actually does as well. And no one plays the media. I've never seen an athlete he my does. entire life He's very good. play the media the way that LeBron does. You know, and a so different kind of troll, but yes, it's it's a different kind of troll. But he trolls the hell out. Everything he does is very calculated. Make sure you yeah. understand that about LeBron. I, so. you, what were you going to say? Change changed my mind, Robbo. Yep. I want LeBron to go to the Lakers yeah. so that we can stop talking about Aaron Dahl's contract. We can stop talking about uniforms. We can stop talking about freaking colors. Never. All that will go away. Never. Let's talk about LeVar, LeBron, all those 
annoying. I will point out though, for six months to go away. I will point out Rams Seahawks 2016. Who was on the sideline next to Stan Kroenke? LeBron James. LeBron he was James. in the oh, building. Come on, full man. circle. He was. Hey. He was. Yep. <laughs> he w- well, didn't LeBron own a Tony Banks jersey? Am I thinking that's correctly when he was a kid? Was it Tony Banks? Uh, that was back when he, I think he was in high school. I don't remember right, Tony right? Banks. He let had a do, picture of him. I want LeBron, but Tony Banks. He was wearing a Rams jersey as a kid in high school, right? That might be a reason not to bring LeBron. If you if you're buying Tony Banks jerseys, question your judgment a little bit. That's not appropriate. Yeah. So no it is a throwback. <laughs> it's yeah. number twelve. So it's Tony Banks. It's Tony Banks. Rams number twelve. This is how we podcast in 2018. We're just looking up shit live. Yeah, I guess but you couldn't find a Flipper Anderson jersey, huh? Yeah, I, I, that'd be that'd probably be better. Done. It was Tony Banks. And well, no you know, and so while Joe's looking that up, LeBron to L.A. Everyone on on uh, social media thinks he would be uh, a star tight end as well. So bring him in, sign him, Rams I, sign do, him. I do think that he'd be a star tight end. LeBron was actually right. a very good receiver in high let school. Him, and, let um, him uh, do the Jimmy Graham thing. Just you know, run them. Yeah, run them I, think, I think he'd kill it at tight end. However, I also think he'd get killed because I don't think LeBron wants to be hit. LeBron is the biggest crap. Oh. <laughs> so you're talking about he he punched uh, he punched something and broke his hand in the finals, right? Ooh. <laughs> He punched an inanimate object. <laughs> oh, Lord. And, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think LeBron to the Lakers would hurt. The, the TST staffer that would be hurt the most by that would be Eli. Poor Eli. He, he would be behind himself. LeBron would oh, be yeah. Lakers. I think he's going to Philly. Nah. That's what I say right now. As long as they get their GM stuff figured out. But <laughs> no. that's, that, that's what I want to play with. That old mess right there. <laughs> oh, my wife did it. What? <laughs> yeah, that so this was is great. A little... I was going to say my, right, my, my cursory detective skills. It, it It's probably Tony Banks because he wore number 12 from 96 to 98. The photo right. of LeBron hanging out with Sebastian Telfair, which people might remember, big NBA fans for the New York City basketball right. scene. Picture of LeBron with Sebastian Telfair at 2002. Uh, mm-hmm. He's wearing a number 12 jersey. Before Tony Banks, that number was worn by Chris Miller, who fans probably remember well. Uh, it might have been a Joe Namath throwback. Might have been a <laughs> Hugh Millen throwback. But in 2002, that jersey was being worn by Jamie Martin. So can't I can't confirm from the side that it was Tony Banks, but it is a number 12 jersey. You'd have to guess that maybe Tony Banks might be the likeliest candidate. Uh, but not the only option. I guess LeBron's got an out. Maybe he's got some PR guys that want to give him an out. Uh, you know what? That just reminded me. You guys got to watch this documentary, Through the Fire, which is the story of Tobacco. Oh, Sebastian LeBron James. Sebastian Telfair. Sebastian Telfair is a great one. Okay. Yeah, 2005. I'm thinking of the LeBron James one that's on Netflix from him in high school. I just that was, it um, when I was in L.A. Oh, yeah. That was forever, wasn't it? That was forever. Yep. Yeah, no, Sebastian Telfair threw the fire. That was a great one. That was um, that was one that got distributed by ESPN. I remember when it came out, and it uh, motivated, what's his name, uh, uh, Bill Simmons, to put together yep. 30 for 30. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's uh, Hoop Dreams-esque. 
Who dreams that? I, I will say this, and I don't know if this is where we need to end this before we have a three-hour discussion. Above the Rim might be my most underrated sports movie of all time. It was all above the other the night. Above the Rim is so classic. Above the Rim is phenomenal. It's got Bernie Mac. It's got Tupac. <laughs> it's got everything you need to make a quality movie. It was on the other night, and I kicked my Finally, wife out the room because she said something. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Finally, the culture in the movie. Yes, Above the Rim is so ridiculously classic. If you have not watched it, you definitely need to watch it. It's wonderful. Shit. So, looking ahead, boys. Oh, Robbo, was that you saying something? No, no sir. Shit. <laughs> That means that we get it all. We did LeBron James. We hit tacos. We hit Mice's Travel. We hit the World Cup. We hit minicamp. We hit everything. The Rams are going into the break. It's beginning. We have to cross the desert yet again. This is my least favorite part of the year because there's no football. There's just no football. Um, You do get media days from college football from those of you degenerates who, like me, will cut. I know. We cut our crack even harder (laughs) to get down to the lower levels just to get the tiniest of hits, but it's going to be a while. Uh, we'll wrap up mini camp this week, and then it's on to late July uh, until we get another taste. And until then, we're going to have to exist on fumes, man. We do what we do every year. We've got the roster preview series about to drop. That'll start next week where we go yeah. through every single player on the 90-man roster. We'll look yeah. at uh, what they're looking at from a position battle, what their expectations are from the city uh, for the season, and then what are their chances of making the 53-man roster. Remember, for people obviously of our age who have been around long enough to see the 90-man roster cut to 75, cut to 53, that's not how it works anymore. It is a 90-man roster that gets cut directly to 53 after the fourth preseason game. Uh, so we're going to say goodbye to a lot of guys on the roster. Um, Guys are coming back uh, from injury issues. Guys like Mark Barron, guys like Greg Zerline, guys like Obaniah Okoronkwo. We'll have to see what he's bringing to training camp. And then you got training camp. Who's going to training camp? Rob, you're going, right? I'm going. Joey, are you going to be showing up in any of the the? I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there in the beard tent holding a newborn baby. I hey. would nothing less. And we got tons more. We got. The new, the rookie crew, man. The rookie crew is going to be there in full force. Sky, and who else? Christian's going to be there, and I think. Well, you know, Prof's going to be. Oh, Professor. Oh, Professor. He's going to be there. <laughs> Chill will be there. Out, full cosplay, as he has always done. It's going to be fun times, man. Anything we got to touch before we get out of here, y'all? Vacation time, baby. Get this, uh, let's get this break over. Not for Mice. Mice's vacation time is done. Mice is done for vacation. <laughs> hey, I got Hawaii coming up in October. I'll see you guys there. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> when we uh, we have a pod next, Joe will be a Dallas resident, right? It's true. I'm good. Hey, I, how much? Uh, hold on, wait. Let me pause, Ramit. I need to. Y'all gonna talk about the way I moved down. Look, we got L.A., we got Seattle, we got St. Louis. Y'all know a goddamn thing about Texas now here, boy. Uh, this, this is the real Joe. <laughs> the real Joe that you just heard there, folks. I've been trying to yeah. tell you forever. <laughs> I got my boots out of storage. My truck is ready. Boy, I'm about to be goddamn 100% Texas again. I'm ready. Let's do it. Grab it. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Ram Hi, it. boys. We are on behalf of everybody. We ramming it. It's Joey O'Coin. That's at LA Rams, Rams, Rams. Rob, Seattle Rams. 
underscore NFL Bison at each other, Mighty or Mice, and then your boy 3K, 3K underscore. We're out. Touch your radio going. We out. Boom. Everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor in chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast. My friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.